do you want to be apart from being an athlete? Our hope and prayer here on More Than an Athlete is to provide short, helpful, and biblical content that will equip you in becoming more like Christ and making Him known in your athletic spheres. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, athletes? You guys, my name is Grace Ball, and I created this platform just to create a place for athletes to get to know Christ and to make him known. And something I really wanted to mark this platform is just that it's real. And so one of the ways I wanted to create that is through the guests I have on here. And man, I'm so excited today because the person we have on here, I know personally for a couple years now, we've been in community group together. I've seen her life. I've seen her heart. I've seen her ministry and the women that she's impacted And a little bit about Grace is that she is from Raymore, Missouri, and she chose cheerleading when she was pretty little and grew up doing dance and competitive cheer from a pretty young age. And she even worked for the NCA National Cheerleading Association as a staff. And so we can definitely call her a professional cheerleader at this point. She was a high school state champion for cheer, and she finished top three every year making history at her high school. She also was a college cheerleader, so she understands college athletics and was a flyer. And and I think something that I can say that marks her is just how genuine she is and the heart that she has, like I said, for ministry. And so currently she is a Young Life Area Director. And like I said, y'all, she's a real deal and I've gotten to see her live this out. So guys, I'm so excited today. We're going to be talking about perfectionism. Sorry, I forgot to mention your last name, Grace Anderson, but we are so pumped to have you on here. Oh, me too. Um, yeah, this is going to get confusing. Two yeah. graces. Yep. It always does. It's kind of our thing. Grace squared. It's just who we are. Yep. <laughs> yep. I love it. Okay. I first just want, I mean, I have obviously gotten to hear it and blessed in that way, but I want to just hear your testimony and even kind of when you started to see cheerleading differently and kind of going into that. Yeah. Um, so my testimony and cheer, like it's all kind of woven in together. I think the place that we need to start is that um, cheerleading is, if you're not super familiar with it, it's a sport literally based on perfection. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have seen the Netflix documentary Cheer. That's honestly the most legit <laughs> picture of what cheer really is but a quote from that um show they actually say it's not what you do it's how you do it Mm -hmm. um which is so different than any other sport that I can think of like Mm -hmm. basketball you're just trying to get the ball through the hoop Mm -hmm. I know it's more complicated than that but like if you do that you've done your job or football you're trying to score a touchdown cheer um it doesn't matter if you hit your stunt it matters if you did it perfectly if you did it with a smile on your face if you um, did it sharper than the person next to you. And mm-hmm. so just perfection is kind of this um, ideal that cheerleading is totally all about. Right. And so I remember from – I remember a quote that we had. I think it was my high school team, a team that I was on when I was younger. It wasn't practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice. Perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. Mm. It's hard to say. So you had to um, And so it's this idea that like – if you're not doing it perfectly, like you're not even practicing, like it's not even worth practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to get it perfect. Um, another thing in cheer, we were rewarded for um, what's called hitting zero. I guess you could view it as good. Um, mm-hmm. We weren't necessarily always like super rewarded for winning first. It was we were rewarded for hitting zero. Hitting zero meant you got zero deduction. So you did everything you did um, as perfectly as you could do it. Wow. But totally all about being perfect. And while cheerleading did teach me a lot of discipline, teamwork, um, tenacity, coachability, a ton of things that a lot of sports teach that right. I'm very thankful that I use right. in my adult life. Growing up, I started cheer when I was five years old. Um, and so 
I don't really remember life without it. And so I grew up with that pressure of having to be perfect and needing everything to be perfect. I have memories from when I was probably eight years old. Um, There was one particular skill that literally I was never good at. <laughs> um, it was like the my one downfall <laughs> that I just never could nail. And it's funny because it's a super, if you're into cheer, it was a full down. I sucked at them, <laughs> and, which is so funny because it's not hard, but I was just really bad at full downs. And mm-hmm. I have this memory of being held in a stunt because I was a flyer. So I was being held above people's hands, being forced, um, not being forced, but like I had to work on my full downs because they were ugly. Um, Like I could do it, but it didn't look good. And I have memories of tears streaming down my face onto the Mm. mat below me because I just couldn't get it perfect. Mm. Um, And so this really like bled into everything I did. Um, In high school, I had to have the perfect friends, have the perfect grades, the cutest clothes. Right. Um, Even down to like, I remember I used to straighten my hair a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was kind of what you did. (laughs) And um, I remember standing in the mirror for at least an hour and like I would not leave Mm -hmm. the the mirror unless Mm -hmm. every single strand of my hair was like perfectly straight. It was like, if it's not going to be perfect, why even bother Mm -hmm. doing it? And I think that that was for sure a personality flaw that Maybe maybe I shouldn't call it that, but like an issue that I already had, like that was already a part of me, but cheerleading definitely heightened it and reinforced that striving for perfection that I already had. Mm -hmm. I really felt like I had to be perfect for my coaches, my parents, and especially God. I was a church kid, and so I felt like I had to look perfectly the part all the time, and I was pretty good at doing that, and I wanted to do that. Mm But finally in high school, I had an encounter with Jesus. It was actually through Young Life, and it really started to tear apart that striving for perfectionism that I had. Um, And I realized, I think for the first time, that I didn't have to be perfect and that I didn't have to prove myself, Mm -hmm. um, that I was loved just as I am. And that was really um, the first time I remember feeling like true spiritual rest and joy. And the first time I really realized that I was loved for who I was and not for what I did. And so that was a super transformational time in my life. Um, before that, I just my my life was just marked by striving. Um, that's the best way I, I can put it. It was just exhausting to try to be perfect for everyone around yeah. me and for myself yeah. and for God. And so that was a big moment for me. Um, I was a junior in high school, but I knew at that point my identity came from Christ and I was starting to figure out what that looked like and what that meant. But it was still really, really hard not to find my identity in cheer because that's literally how everyone knew me. Yeah, That was what I was good at. Mm-hmm. And so it's just what I did. Right. So I got to college. And that was a really humbling experience for me. Um, Grace and I have talked about this. I don't know how much you want me to go into mm-hmm. it. But first of all, I was in a new big place where right. nobody knew me. Mm-hmm. It was a D2 school. So like, honestly, nobody really cared if you were a cheerleader or not. Like everyone's yeah. kind of like doing their own yeah. thing. So like I wasn't really getting as much attention for cheer as I normally had, which I think was really good for me. The experience I had on that team was unlike any other experience I've ever had within cheer. And I hope no one else ever has to have that experience either. There were perfectionism struggles, except this time it was more about how you looked and what you did and who you knew and who you hung out with. There were just comments made that weren't healthy um, or kind, not necessarily Mm -hmm. to me, but 
to my teammates um, directly from coaches or captains or whatever. And I want to bring this up because I think it's important to touch on. Um, It's not something that I totally personally struggled with, but body image was a huge thing um, at that point in my life. Um, girls were told if they didn't look good in their uniform they were told if they needed to lose weight Mm -hmm. or they needed to Mm -hmm. start running more they needed to eat differently and so thankfully I think the Lord really protected me in that I wasn't necessarily a target for that but I knew that it was going on and so I remember going to the dining hall and literally getting like a plate of spinach and putting red wine vinegar on it Mm -hmm. and that was my meal yeah like I was Mm -hmm. having a salad but it wasn't even like a legit salad it was like spinach with vinegar like that was my meal Mm -hmm. um because I knew that this was going on and I never really struggled with like oh I look this yeah but it was definitely a a thing that I was aware of and I think I kind of did those things in an effort to appear perfect to not even risk getting yeah you know, scolded for how I looked or mm-hmm. whatever that was. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that was a really, really tough time for me. It was very confusing. I am young for the grade that I graduated in. So mm-hmm. I entered college right after turning 18. Wow. So I was very, very young experiencing yeah. all of this. And it didn't all quite make sense to me mm-hmm. um, until later. Even now, I'm still like, what the heck? Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. So it was just a lot of unhealthy things. Mm -hmm. Again, just really telling me and everyone else on the team, if you're not perfect, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And that's not to criticize the sport of cheerleading because I think it's a wonderful sport, but I think especially a sport like that, that is so um, dependent on perfection. Yeah. It's important to have the right people and leadership and all those things. But that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But in that mo- in that season, I honestly lost just a lot of joy that I had found in cheer. And I was forced to turn to Christ instead mm-hmm. because there were times um, I remember specifically a teammate who I really looked up to, who I was really close with before a football game because mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do it without her. She was really at that point the only thing getting me through because um, it was just such a <laughs> awful painful experience so I was forced to turn to Christ and sadly the next year um, I finished out my first year but I just realized like I can't consciously be a part of what's going on here Mm -hmm. and still follow Christ Um, and so I left (laughs) and I became a young life leader (laughs) and now look where I'm at it's kind Mm -hmm. of awesome so leaving cheer I think ripped that final identity band-aid off of me Mm -hmm. so to speak how you were able to like choose Christ in the midst of all that and I think perfectionism I mean I think I could do a whole season on this topic because whether or not we admit it as athletes as followers of Christ like there's that root of wanting to be perfect and pleasing I mean that's why I had like our last couple topics were about identity and view of self because man, like it is so easy to fall into that. And so I think this is such a great topic to talk about for any sport, but I think it's really neat to hear the perspective from cheer. So kind of, like I said, we're talking about perfectionism. How would you define it? Or even like, where do you see it in athletics today? Yeah. Um, great question. I actually <laughs> looked up on goodtherapy.org, definition of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. It's the need to be or appear to be perfect, or even to believe that it's possible to achieve perfection. So to me, that's basically the desire to achieve on your own what Jesus has already achieved for you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and ultimately I think it's pride in its purest form. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically negating your brokenness and suggesting that you are good enough or you can get to be good enough, um, that you can grind hard enough to achieve whatever goal or appear whatever way when really you're broken, I'm broken, mm-hmm. we're broken, mm-hmm. and we just can't without Jesus. And for me, it was this constant identity crisis of just trying to meet everyone else's version of perfect when Jesus already was that for me. I think you asked how we see that in athletics today. I think a lot of ways, and I think it plays itself out in different ways, depending on who you are and what sport you're in and all of those things. But I think ultimately it's often, I mean, perfection is expected from our society and especially in sport. You want to please your coach. You want to be a great teammate. You want to look good on the field, like whatever it is. Um, And so a lot of times I think we don't even notice that it's literally eating us up from the inside out. Mm. And I think we can disguise it sometimes as like the grind or like no days off or like whatever it is, you know, like whatever it is that that you say with your like hundred emoji (laughs) and the nostrils, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like we can just sometimes disguise it as that, but I think like that's what ruins us when that's our end goal and it's not Jesus. And so I think ultimately this really plagues America. And I think we see this perfectionism can lead to mental health issues and whether that's anxiety or depression or whatever it is. um, I actually went through a season of depression in high school um, where my perfectionism was like through the roof. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've seen it firsthand play out together. Right. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I think, no matter what kind of athlete or how long, like I think every athlete struggles with perfectionism at some point in their career. And, and like you said, like, I I think it's true. I think a lot of it is rooted in pride and that's why I want to talk about it. Going off of that, why would you even say it's important as athletes who are following Christ? Like, why would you say we shouldn't aim for perfectionism? Yeah, that is a great question. I think we actually should aim for perfection. Mm-hmm. without becoming perfectionist. Um, and what I be- mean by that is Jesus is perfection. Right. And so we should aim at him, um, knowing mm-hmm. that we could never live the perfect life that he lived. And there's a huge difference if we go back to that definition of perfectionism. It's the need to appear perfect or even to mm-hmm. believe that it's possible to achieve perfection. And by believing that we can achieve perfection, it's basically saying that we don't need Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I think that we should aim for perfection without becoming perfectionists. I think going off of that, everything that we have and are able to do is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And so if we glorify ourselves or Mm -hmm. if we glorify the gift and not God, we're using it totally wrong because all our gifts are given to glorify him, 4, 10 through 11. Mm -hmm. Um, This is actually talking about spiritual gifts, but I think it applies here too. It says, each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Mm -hmm. Amen. So I think that's really, for me, kind of the cornerstone, I guess we'll call, of what our athletic gifts, what our intelligence gifts, whatever it is, like whatever gift you have, maybe it's not athletics. Yeah. And if it's not, we're so glad you're listening because (laughs) you probably have friends who are in athletics or whatever it is. But I think that's whatever gift we have Mm -hmm. is what 
we're it's not for us yeah um it's for christ and it's to make him know mm. so good yeah and i think in this i was just thinking about how for me <laughs> it just all comes back to pride like my pride is revealed when i'm being a perfectionist right. god literally can and does do everything so much better than us so why wouldn't we trust him Mm -hmm. rather than trying to take things into our own hands Mm -hmm. Um, so aim for perfection which is jesus without being a perfectionist so good i love that (laughs) i think that's so good because i think something that i've found in the last couple of podcasts honestly all of them is like the athletes and guests i have on here they're like that doesn't mean you don't need to work hard or set an example on how you work like that's really confusing if you're just you know you don't even mm-hmm. care about your sport you're not practicing hard you're not sprinting whatever it is but not letting that be your worth and aiming for that perfection for ourselves to be glorified so mm-hmm. I, I think that's such a good almost equation of okay like we want to set up ourselves to work hard and honor Christ with the gift he's given us. Like I think athletics is such a gift and such a neat platform, but at the same time, yeah, not letting ourselves get glorified in that or letting our self-esteem or whatever it is grow or decrease because of it. So I, I think that's awesome. And I think it's so relatable for athletes. And it's just been fun to see that common thread of of the guests I have on here, they want to encourage hard work and they want to encourage striving to look like Jesus, but not letting that be our worth. So mm-hmm. that's a great quote. I love that. So what would you say, like listening to some or someone that's listening to this podcast, just hearing us talk about perfectionism, maybe they can relate to a lot of it. Maybe they don't struggle with it a ton. Um, but like I said, I think we all do at some extent. What would you want to say to that person that's just listening here? whether they're a cheerleader, whoever it is, what would you want to say to someone that struggles with perfectionism? Yeah. Um, I would say, first of all, you're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a process. It's something that I'm still working on yeah. that I'll probably be working on my whole life um, mm-hmm. until I get to heaven. But it's a choice. You yeah. choose to stop striving. And I know <laughs> that with perfectionism, you're exhausted and you're anxious and you feel like you have nothing left to give. Yeah. Um, and so I would encourage you to – um, turn to God's word, turn to Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Um, I think this is one of the best um, verses to memorize, um, to really internalize mm-hmm. who Jesus is and what he's done for you and the fact that you can quit striving. Um, I'm going to read it because yeah, for I sure. think Go this is it. a good one to memorize. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heaven bird- heavy burdens, <laughs> and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. It's like totally opposite of what you carry when you are acting as a perfectionist. Mm. So I encourage you to chew on that verse, memorize it, and literally just let it sink into the depths of your soul. Mm. Like if you need to read it 13 times a day, whatever it is, like do that. And ask yourself, do you believe it? And are you living like it's true? Because I guarantee the more that you chew on it, you will slowly start to live like it's true. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus is already perfect, so you don't have to be. But you still do have to make that decision to let that be true in your life. And again, it's a process. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I think that even just thinking about that verse, like you said, to – meditate on it and and not just okay I'm gonna read it in the morning but like letting that sink in and like 
live that out. And I think sometimes we can, you know, read in the morning and not let it affect our entire day. So like really listening to what God's voice says through his word is just really good advice and good for me to hear, good for all of us to hear and apply. And I think it's hard to balance this almost tension with like excellence, but also being perfect and the perfectionism, um, especially as athletes, because we want to be excellent. We want to honor God, but we also don't want to strive for perfectionism for ourselves to be lifted up. So would you say there's like any practicals of, you kind of said it with that last verse of like having that, but would you say there's any other practicals to help athletes kind of avoid that? Yeah, totally. Um, I think first one that I can think of is scripture memory. And I know we might hear that and roll our eyes and think like, oh, I don't have practice and all these things. Like I don't have time to add another thing. But like, I guarantee you, there's a reason that for years and years and years, Christians have memorized scripture because it gets into your heart. It sinks into the depths of your soul. It changes your mind. It changes Mm -hmm. your life when you actually apply yourself to memorizing it and let it change you. And so I know that it's one of those things, it's extra work, but it's work that's so worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a few verses in particular that have really helped me in my walk and turning from perfectionism to Jesus. So um, I'll just list those out really quick. Um, Galatians 1.10, 2 Corinthians 3.5, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, which I think you mentioned earlier, Grace, mm-hmm. and then Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Um, those are all really great scriptures to memorize if you're battling perfectionism. And then I think it's also just remembering that it is a daily decision to die your, die to yourself. Yeah, I have to check myself on this multiple yeah. times a day um, because it's still something that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm by no means perfect, lol. <laughs> and a lot of my perfectionism stemmed from my life being all about me and mm-hmm. feeling like I was the only one who was going to be all about me. So I needed to strive for everything, yeah. which is so untrue because Jesus is more about me than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so something that really helped me was waking up every single morning, praying Psalm 139 every day for months. Um, that really helped tear down that way of thinking mm-hmm. for me. And I don't mean just like reading it. I don't, I mean, memorizing it is also wonderful, but like praying it, yeah. like asking the Lord to make that true in your life mm-hmm. and to make um, his identity be your identity. Yeah. And then one last one that is so, so helpful is anytime that you catch thoughts related to perfectionism, whether that's like anxiety for being good mm-hmm. enough or whatever, mm-hmm. or scolding yourself for things that you messed up or comparison or whatever it is for you. Um, Surrender that to Jesus immediately. Mm -hmm. And there's a really practical way that I have learned to do that over the past couple of years. It's called the breath prayer. Breath prayer. (laughs) Um, So it's super simple. I inhale and I say a name for God. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's Jesus. Maybe that's Holy Spirit. Maybe that's Father, Abba, whatever it is. So inhale, Jesus. Exhale, what I need. So give me mercy Mm -hmm. or be with me Mm -hmm. or show me your goodness, whatever it is. So that might look like inhale Jesus, exhale, have mercy on me. Yeah. Whatever that is for you, whatever you need in that moment, that just helps bring your mind back to Christ and repetitively set, yeah, sets your mind on Christ Mm -hmm. and just makes you be like, okay, (laughs) like this is not my thing. This is God's thing. Helps you put your trust in him and your focus 
back on him and not yourself or what other people are thinking or whatever it is. So that's so good, Grace. Mm. I think when you were talking, I looked up this verse, but it's Psalm. 119, 9 through 11, and it says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray away from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And I think that kind of sums up like everything you just talked about, like hiding God's word in our heart. And so it's it's planted there and it's it's going to stay rooted to where we believe these truths and we actually want to live them out. And it, it really helps go against the grain with the perfectionism. So that's just really good and helpful practicals. And I would definitely be using them myself. Okay. So <laughs> I can help. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So kind of final question. So you can look back on your career, whatever, talking to someone that's listening to this right now, what would you say it means to you to be more than an athlete? I would say in a world that glorifies fame and especially those who are talented and athletic, yeah. um, being more than an athlete means to find your identity and who Jesus is and what he's done for you and using the gifts that he's given you to make him known. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone watching should see that you're different, even though they might be able to put their finger on the reason why. Yeah, that's good. I, I love hearing these answers. It's like my favorite part of every podcast because <laughs> I think they're all different, but they all just go back to the gospel and who yeah. Jesus is and what he did on the cross for us and how he rose again and defeated death. And I, I just think I, I love that theme. And um, the theme of just going back to the gospel. So that's so good. Grace, I could sit here and talk about you for a long time, but I'm going to save the listeners <laughs> from that. But man, you're an incredible best friend. You're an incredible person, ministry leader, area director with Young Life. I mean, I could go on and on. But like I said, guys, she has lived this out and is making disciples. And I am just blessed to get to know her and um, have her on this podcast. So Grace, we just appreciate you so much and appreciate the life you live and the example you set to be more than an athlete or whatever it is. Thank you, friend. I'm so proud of you. And thank you for having me. Of course. Hey, we want to thank you for listening. Did you know that you could help more than an athlete by rating, reviewing, and subscribing? Follow us on Instagram at more than an athlete. And the more that you do this, the more athletes can tune in and find the content. We hope you found this week's episode helpful and encouraging.